don't think meat, you only hurt the team. When you combine that line with Nike, just do it. That would be my advice. What happens when Bull Durham and Nike get together? You get the second episode of the second season of the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze. The thing about money is, I think psychologically, and I'm no expert, but there's a, certainly a fear of loss. It's yeah. bigger than the incentive of gain over time. Sometimes there is a tendency to let fear-mongering have too much influence in our life. If you feel you have trepidation when it comes to being patient with your investments, then this episode of the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze is not only a must-listen to, but also one you should add to your favorites. It serves as a constant reminder. Speaking of meat, here's your host. James Bueno. Slow County Real Estate with Hal Swayze. Mr. Swayze's here. How are you, sir? I'm good. feel like I'm sitting at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> right? JT, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me back. I'm glad we're sitting at a bar. I yeah. know, exactly. Well, this is kind of a bar. And then JP, how are you, sir? Doing great. You know, today's an interesting day. We we talked about just a title for this uh, this episode, and, and Mr. Kingman said... What the scuttlebutt? What showing my age on this one, guys? Scuttlebutt on the street. I think you're the youngest. You're the youngest one in here. You're not showing your age. So what's? I the, think Jay could give me a run for my money. What, what, what's the scuttlebutt? Is that is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Like, so, what are people talking about? Okay. So so this is just going to be a real estate locker room talk. How about that? What's the no, scuttlebutt? No boots on the ground. No boots on the. Scuttlebutt. It was boots on the ground. Flip-flops. What's the scuttlebutt? Flip-flops on the ground. ground. Yeah. But, okay. Flip flops on the ground coming from Cayucas. All right. We've all been at this a while, but. John probably more than most and has a little broader base of knowledge than just real estate. So John, how would you label what you're seeing out here today? Well, you know, um, because I'm semi-retired, I have more time to spend reading the paper and watching the news. I probably do that too, too much. What I'm seeing and feeling out in the public is th- th- this one word. And the only word I can use to describe it is fear. You know, there's rates, a lot of it. Inflation. Yeah. Inflation. Yeah. Uh, what are what else are people afraid of right now? Recession. Recession. Absolutely. Yep. Although we did see a little, little nice uh, decrease in the, in the inflationary number uh, this week, going down into the mid sixes finally after yep. being above seven for almost a year. What else are people afraid of? Losing their job. Losing yeah. Their job. Yeah. yeah James looks right at me. Yeah. <laughs> You're Boss. Good. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. We hear this Joke. from in the real estate business every day. We hear of uh, fear of what? Market crash. Yeah. Market crash. Mar- uh, right. We we're not yeah. supposed to talk about that. We're not supposed to talk about market crash. Yeah. How, how about how about in the stock market? What are we afraid of? True. Market crash. Market market crash. Stock market crash. So let's talk about that a little bit for a second. I read this quote the other day, do not let fear guide your money decisions. Well, that, that'd be a, an appropriate quote to, to listen to in today's environment. Do not let fear guide your money decisions. Let's talk about the stock market briefly. What's the approximate average rate of return on the S&P 500 since 1950? 11 percent yeah, yeah plus or minus right around 11, 11. yeah that's higher than yeah. i would have guessed if you would look at the dow jones 40 years ago today the dow jones was at 1080 40 years ago today this morning it was at 34,200 that's a 3,000 percent increase in 40 years and and in what you used to do what does that mean if you would have bought like how, how, well, how would well, so if, I'd put a, if i'd have put a thousand dollars in the in the market 40 years ago, it'd be worth 34000 today. Or said with a little bit 
bigger numbers. If I'd have put a hundred thousand dollars in the stock market forty years ago, it'd be worth three point four million dollars today. But the market last year went down five point five percent. So we're all what? Oh my God! No, no. scared of it's the on market. Fire. The world we're scared of the end. market. Sure. This expert, I watch every once in a while, and he said, in a in an environment like this. What should we do when it comes to money? And the first thing he said is go back to basics. And when I think of going back to basics, the first thing I think about is, you know, am I regularly saving? There was a book that I read many, many years ago called The Millionaire Next Door. If I ever put together a college curriculum on money, it would be the required reading of the class. And and basically it says live beneath your means and save 10%. Well, that was 40 years ago. Today, they would say save 15% of your income. And then he talked about controlling debt. So there's good debt and bad debt, right? Yeah, I'd agree. So what's what's bad debt? Unsecured debt, credit cards. Buying a car. 100%, yeah. Buying a car, yeah, with with zero down. Zero down, yeah. Yeah. Anything that depreciates the minute you purchase it. And if you're leveraging that, if you don't have the cash to pay for it, you can't afford it. (laughs) Uh, getting married would that be bad to have? <laughs> well, no. No, we're not diving into those waters, James. Yeah, not diving into those waters. We just went from the bar to the locker room. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, James. James yeah. No on. comment. Yeah. Come on, James. Um, Says the single guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. We'll stop. We'll stop there. Don't, don't so dive in the pool unless stop. you're going to swim with the shark. Yeah. <laughs> so what's good debt? Anything that appreciates, heaven for say, if I can, if I can buy something that's going to appreciate at a rate higher than the interest I'm paying on it, then I'm all over it. That makes sense, right? What, what could what could that possibly be that we would know about? What would it well, be? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, an, it's something that's a positive, in, you know, an investment that will, could appreciate over time. You know, investing in real estate. Uh, you can invest in businesses, good companies. You can invest in yourself. Ah, Self improvement. I don't probably, think enough people do that. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. So anyway. So the the marketplace in San Luis Obispo County, I mean, uh, d- depending on who you read, who, what numbers you look at, the housing prices went up somewhere around forty percent over the last two years, maybe a little more. Probably some. Yeah. So you you bought a house for a million bucks, you put the twenty percent down, so you put down two hundred thousand dollars. You bought it in two thousand twenty, let's say, for a million, and you sell it today for a million four. You made four hundred thousand dollars on what number? A million or two hundred thousand? You made it on two hundred thousand. Your investment, but you actually earned it on somebody else's money—the bank's money that you borrowed. Right. So that's why that would be called good debt. Absolutely, right? other people's yeah. money. Back to the word fear. How do you overcome the fear of all the uncertainty in the marketplace? What I learned over time was to just look back at history. And that has to give you some feeling of confidence, like the stock market up 3000% over 40 years, yet it's down five in one year. Who cares? Buy more stock, right? Or buy more business, according to Warren Buffett. He doesn't buy stocks, he buys businesses. And in real estate, 53 of the last 62 years from 1960 to today, home values have gone up in this country. So that means to me, you can't win unless you're going to lose a little bit. You can never win 100% of the time. But you'd only have to win like 
50, 60. I mean, in real estate, you're going to win 85% of the time. Mm -hmm. Probably in the stock market, it's probably similar if you over time. But if you're afraid you're going to lose or it's going to, we're not going to say lose. If something drops in value over a period of time and you're going to look at it just at that period of time, you're going to focus on that one drop, then, then, then you may never be a winner because you're not going to participate. We see it reducing participation because of fear. There was a TV commercial many years ago by a financial services company. I can't remember which one it was. And it said, the real risk in life is in not taking any. Investing in real estate, investing in the stock market does come with some risk. 15% of the time uh, during the year, your value of your property might go down. But again, I go back to, I don't focus on the 15%, do I? No, nope. well, I'm going to focus on the 85% where it goes up. Well, in, in using that logic, like Vegas wouldn't exist if they if they focused on the, the time, you know, they took a bath on, on a sports, you know, like a, a sports outcome. And a lot of people won money if they said that's it. We're out of the betting business. They look at the long play and the longevity of, uh, OK, we lost this one, but we're chances are we're going to win you know, more than 50% moving forward. That's how you're doing it. It's funny. I, I was watching a show the other day and I had footage of Vegas in the seventies. It was, it was the Rockford files and <laughs> classic, <laughs> classic. And I was like, Vegas yeah. looked like that. I mean, it was like six hotels and, and, and big gaps in between it. And now, and that Vegas was built on your principle of, they, they stay in the game because they know the, the odds are on their side. And if you can get something like an investment, like you say, with real estate, 15% of the time, it might, might, you might lose on it, but 85% of the time you're going to win on it. That's a no-brainer. You know, I kind of was surprised that Vegas didn't shut down the one time I won $72. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I pretty much thought I soaked them. Yeah. But they're still there. Time. You did. You soaked <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> JT, one of your favorite quotes, it's, it's not timing the market, it's time in the market. Talk to me about time. Like what people see is they, they want to make a quick buck. They don't want to wait 30 years to make a hundred grand or 200 grand. So let's talk about time frames. Are you talking five years, 10 years? Like what, what, what are the numbers that you're seeing in regards to time? Well, you bring up an interesting uh, point and, and Jay alluded to it in um i think one of our prior podcasts and that's the, the difference between speculating and investing mm -hmm. i mean by definition i i would call myself an investor there have been times in my life when i've been a speculator and it seems like all those times i've lost my shirt when i speculated and so i learned at a younger age that i don't do that anymore it's like I don't play blackjack anymore because I lost $1,000 when I was young and my wife almost divorced me. And that was, you know, that was the end of my gambling. I bet $1,000 back then was 10000 Oh, man, it killed me. <laughs> we have a game Friday night if you want to join us. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. <laughs> the gambling, it is almost like gambling. You know, day traders, um, speculators, I'm going to flip houses. Like all these things come with inherent risk because the time, the window is so short. The longer your window, the better your, the bigger your opportunity. Now yeah. you can get out whenever you want. If you've got a thirty-year window, you can decide when to jump out. If your goal is to get in and get out in a day, to 
you know, to try and make a buck, you run a much, much higher risk of getting pinched. I didn't answer your question, though, James, and that's the time. Right. I, I would say the, the average American uh, moves every seven to ten years. And my guess is the average American that buys a house and moves every seven to ten years historically has done very well. If you want to buy a house today and, and, and sell it in a year, I'm not going to get in the boat with you and say I'm, I'm all in on that one. But if you want to buy a house today and sell it in 10, give me a seat in the boat, man. I'm ready to go. You got to think about it. Most careers are, what, 30, 40 years? I don't know. How long do you have to work these days? I've been working since I was 12. So anyway, so it, it's a long term. So if you can do that and if you can deal with that, that's great. But it's certainly not as exciting. And fortunately, I mean, I saw one couple of great people said investing should be boring. Yeah. You make successful. a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Successful <laughs> investing is boring. <laughs> if I wish everybody could see the look that JT just gave you right now. <laughs> what, what was that for, JT? I loved it. Oh. <laughs> you know, yeah, but it's sure much more exciting to put down 100 bucks and see if you can win two or one or one fifth, whatever. You know, that's, yeah. that's an adrenaline pupper, but there's way other ways to do that. So we're talking about, you know, fear in the marketplace. The guys that I run with, all they're talking about is opportunity. Right. Because so few people are willing to take the risks. This opportunity is presented all over the place. I mean, with, with businesses, with real estate, with development options, um, all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, we're, we're building syndications right now to take down properties that other people just are quite, they're afraid to take the risk. Yeah. Uh, development projects, they're afraid to um, get into because they don't know where the economy is going to go or they're afraid of what's going to happen in, next week, yeah. next month. Yeah. And so we're looking at the long, we're looking, okay, f three years from now, where's, the, where's housing going to be? What's the demand on housing? What are rents going to look like? No, we're, you know, I'm, I'm, even though rates are, in fact, I'm borrowing money in sub time, some cases like the 10 and 11%. Yeah. Because once I'm in and I get it down, the rates come down, I can refinance out of the hard money and get good, clean, easy money for long term. My, my payment goes down and all of a sudden I have a property that was negative cash flowing for me. Now it's positive in a much, much more favorable direction. Um, with a number wise that I can now use to leverage other properties. I mean, so there's, there's opportunity for those that are willing to seek it out and understand it's a long game and to play that hand. I was scared when the, you know, the COVID lockdown hit, you know, and I have some stuff in like a retirement town, scared the heck out of me. And unfortunately I said, no, well, I should probably pull some of this out and put it, you know, and stupidest thing ever, ever. Right. Yeah. Just leave it alone. It's going to be fine. You know, Leave it alone. When 2007, eight, all that hit, if you had money in a 401k and let's say you had $100,000 in there, you would have awakened three or four months later and had, uh, you know, $60,000. You know, there are a lot of people who got scared and did what? Pulled it out. They Didn't pulled it out it and they put it in one, two percent interest rates of return. And that 60, you know, 14 years later is worth now 70. Now, had they left it in, uh, the market went down to about seventy five hundred. The Dow Jones, or the uh, yeah, the Dow Jones, and and now it's back up to as I said thirty four two. So there's their hundred thousand is probably now worth three. When the market's crashing, I mean that's when you you double down. You automatically just invest when you have the money, and like, like the federal government's got it down. If you're a W two employee. Your taxes are taken out before you get your money. They, the government gets paid first, and then you get what's left. Why don't you do that for yourself? 
Right. Pull that money off the top and put it in an investment account. You know, save to put a down payment on a house or invest in, um, you know, something like that's like a Vanguard index fund that's going to compound for you're betting on the U.S. economy, for heaven's sakes. You know, you bring up a great point, and, and JT said it. He looks at history. So, how many people go, oh, I wish I would have, should have, could have did that back then? And now, you know, they look, oh, if I would have just done that then. Fear is an interesting thing. Let's say you're going to kindergarten. That can be scary, right? I'm going to a classroom, leaving my parents. You know, that is a big deal. But if you don't do it, guess what? Yeah. You're kind of stuck in one place. So, you know, a certain percent of kids are going to be nervous and going. Other kids are going, oh, my gosh, good to go see, you know, Billy and Joey and Mary and whatever, you know. So, so it's how you approach the situation. And, you know, the thing about money is I think psychologically, and, and I'm no expert, but there's a, certainly a fear of loss. It's yeah. bigger than the incentive of gain over time. There was a great interview with Warren Buffett when Charlie Rose is like an hour long, just amazing. Here's this 91 year old guy, you know, still works. Does he have to work? No, but he loves getting up. He reads, he studies, he's brilliant and he's really inspiring. And he talked about, you know, like trying to predict the market because Hey, if your fear of losses, you're trying to predict what the value is in the future. And you think it's gonna be worth less. And he said, trying to predict the market is a fool's errand, smartest mm. investor in the world, right? He says, I pick a good company that I believe in, and I don't care what people value it. I know what it is, and I know over time what it's going to look like. And this is a guy who's been through not what, even if we have a recession or we're in one, who's been through world wars, he's been through riots, pandemics. I mean, he's been through some crazy stuff, 9-11. And you think of all those things, Y2K. Everybody thought that was the end of the world. And, and what it turns it, it out is, you know, he said, I believe in the power of the human spirit and the American economy. You know, if you believe that your child would be better off getting into kindergarten because if he doesn't get to kindergarten, he doesn't get to first grade. You know, if you don't believe that you can put some money aside and then leave it alone and let the system help. But it's not easy. I get it. I mean, we all have certain fears at certain levels, but it is a big thing. And, and the problem is it is so in our face right now. Everything you look at, if you listen to anything about anything that's going on, you talked about all the negativity, it's microcosm. Yet here we are, got some healthy people, we've got relationships, we live in a great place, we have employment. What happens between our ears can be a real limiting factor. And if we just step back and look at it and look at this 91-year-old guy who's just smiling and joking away, now he's worth a gajillion dollars, but he's always smiling and joking. That's just, he loves what he does at 91. He's never bought stock in his life. He buys companies, buys businesses, and he looks at the business, as Hal said, and he thinks, what are they going to be like 10, 20, 30 years from now? Not what are they going to be like next month? That would apply back to real estate. You, you find a house that you, you like, and Jay, you've said this before, marry the house and date the rate, right? Mm -hmm. You find a house that you'd like in a neighborhood that you'd like to live in a school district where you want your kids to go to school. The, the bones of the house are good and, uh, and you like it. Buy it and, and stay in it. The worst thing that could happen is 30 years from now, it's worth nothing, but you also paid off the mortgage so you don't have any, any housing costs. Right. That's the worst thing that can happen. Yep. Okay, the next worst thing can happen is you buy a house and it doesn't go up or down in value. And 30 years from now, you got an asset and a place to live. Yeah. Now, we know what the best thing that can happen is 30 years from now, the house is worth three or four times what you paid for it and it's paid off. For most people, their home 
is their retirement plan. It's a bank, yeah. But, but, but you think about the businesses, like you have a restaurant downtown. Do you think from day to day the owner goes, well, how much is it worth today? <laughs> yeah, no. Very, it's like, hey, am I great point. satisfying my customers? Am I making a profit? Am I providing income for people? And I'm providing value. Why do you call it the real estate market? You know, we have houses. I need a place to live or I'm going to buy one because I need someone. I'm going to have someone provide it renting for someone else who wants to rent the house. And in 30 years, I'll use it as something else or whatever. So I, it's funny that we even call the real estate a market. You know, it's like mm. the restaurant market, you know, no, I mean, you know, if you could get it to catch on and remove market from the term monology real estate and you call it just a real estate process or something, the like houses. That. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the process of living your life, yeah. or something along those lines, it take the removing the word market from it yeah. removes the fear yeah. from it. If, if you, if you look if, at it, if that, there was a pizza market, I probably wouldn't buy pizza because <laughs> it was going to go down in value. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pepperoni. <laughs> you know, there are a couple things that I, I've taken away from this conversation. One is, you know, from Jay, and that's, you know, the incredible opportunities that exist out there today. And then second, how you said it a second ago, and that's, you know, a little bit of belief in, in America and in the American economy. And, you know, some of us kind of question that from time to time. Well, what are your thoughts about the American economy? Well, well I don't know. Man, it's, I'm a little skeptical, you know? Well, when I hear that answer, I always go, okay, so uh, name another economy on the earth of a country on this earth that you believe in more than the U.S. economy. And then most people can't. It's just because I, I maybe I don't understand it, I don't study it. Sure. So I, I, don't, I can't say with all my heart I believe in the American economy. And Warren Buffett does. I've learned over the last... 20 years as I got into the financial services business and had to get securities licenses and those type of things and study it. I do too. Talk about study. Warren Buffett, you know, says the most important thing in, in Charlie Munger who's 97, those guys together, they spend most of their time reading. They're just reading and studying. Do you think they understand how things work? And, and there's probably, you know, I mean, there's, we could use more of that. Don't read the headlines. Read the details. Right. Yeah. Study. Yeah. <clears throat> is five hundred bucks a big plate of money? Is that is that how much you started? I, out? I had five hundred bucks when I started a business and bought a house in the same month. Good for you. Yeah. And That's nothing. It, that was called. I hope it might have been bad debt in the eyes of the bank, but it was good debt. <laughs> <in my eyes. laughs> that was a risk. Yeah. They should have been fearful. I think that much. Uh, so you guys are. are very successful investors yourselves. Let's uh, let's give some advice. Like each one of you, if you can give, uh, you know, people that are on the fence or, or fearful of buying or selling a house or investing. What 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 advice, Jay? We'll start with you. What advice would you like to give? The conventional wisdom would be save the money to put the down payment on the investment because I'm, I'm going to focus on real estate. I'm bullish on real estate. Um, you know, putting my my hand my money in the hands of people that I do not know. Uh, and entrusting that they're going to do the right thing. That would be a stock picker, right? I'm, I'll never be a stock picker. I'll never be the Warren Buffett to understand a company so well to go, I'm putting my money on that stock. Um, I invest in the U.S. economy through a, you know, a Vanguard index fund. I bet in the entire stock market, and I think that's the safest way to go. Um, I'm bullish, though. Very little of my income goes towards those investments. All of my dollars and cents that I can spare go to investing in real property, because of the fact that I get to leverage it 
Uh, you can't leverage stock up to 80%, and I can on investment property. You've got appreciation on somebody else's money when you've got real estate. And I think the conventional wisdom is, well, okay, I want to buy, um, uh, want to buy a house, and it's a million dollars, and I've got to have $200,000 to make that happen. Um, I, would, I would suggest taking a look at options. Find ways first to get that money to buy the real property, because real property is m- far and away, I think, the biggest investment that I'm, that I'm really bullish on. Um, and other than that, I would say invest in something that, um, you, like you said, betting on the U.S. economy. I'm not a picker. I'm not going to spend the time. Um, and it takes a lot of time and energy to, to understand a company for inside and out. And if you don't understand finances and or the inner workings of the company, then don't try. That's a speculator's game. Bet on the go with a, go with an index fund. Hey, I, I'm going to notice something about Jay here that he didn't mention. And maybe it just slipped across his radar. I think your biggest investment is in people. No question about it. And, and education. I, I right? love So that. we've known that, each other for 20 years, right? Yeah. And we joined forces, you know, just less than a year ago. Yeah. And there's nobody that invests more of his time and energy in people and education. That is your biggest investment yeah. it, and your biggest return. It, you know, the, the, my major definite purpose on this earth is to change as many lives for the positive as I can before I leave it. Yeah. And that's what that's what charges my batteries. And that, so that we talk about living a full life, being happy. Right. Money doesn't make me happy. Right. I need it to make sure I can live and that my kids aren't going to be strapped with taking care of their <laughs> ailing father. But the long and short of it is helping people. I mean, I can't yeah, you improve their lives, yeah. you know. And so, oh, my savings account went up 200 bucks. How much, you know, or whatever, some investment. Yeah, it's nice, but not that doesn't want to light your fire. And that's not where your investments are. Your investments are in people. That's why I'm here. How your advice? Learn right about. You know, I, I had zero financial education. Uh, the only thing that got me where I am is just work. I worked a lot. And then I learned like, oh, okay, I made some good money, but but I'm broke because I didn't save it or I forgot about the, you have to pay taxes, you know, and you just, you learn. And I had to learn that. It took me a while to learn that. So I worked hard, but it took me a while to figure out how to set some things aside for the future. Learn the discipline, study it. You have to self-educate. And what I've learned is learning about human nature and finances. You know, I'm a weirdo now, you know, because like, oh, okay, this is what these folks. Oh, that's how they do that. So be interested in improving your financial position and learn. And now it's free. You can listen to, I mean, 60 years ago or 30 years ago, you can listen to Warren Buffett, you know, or somebody that is a role model in how they live their life. So there's so much education out there. So, so learn and then you know, delay gratification. Thank you, JT, close us out. Oh, yeah. Ask me third after those two <laughs> answers. Wow, those are great answers. Um, my favorite movie in the world is an old baseball movie, Bull Durham. And in that movie, there's a there's a line, and he, they say, don't think, meat, you only hurt the team. <laughs> and when you combine that line with Nike, just do it, that would be my advice. There's way too much thinking going on and not enough doing. And for all the things that that these two guys just said, don't think, mate, just do it. Yeah, I love it. You just think about all the times in your life. You say, God, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done that. If you followed that advice that JT just said on every single one of those decisions, you would never have to ask that question. I I sent Hal and James a quote earlier in the week from John Wayne's wife, or John Wayne's daughter. And we all know the Duke. 
And and John Wayne's daughter is putting together a TV show in Nashville, and it has something to do with real estate. And she said, you know, the biggest mistakes I made was not buying the properties when I could have. And she goes, it was all based in fear. And I wish I would have bought every single one of them. So I have to share this. So Susan and I just had lunch today and we're talking about saving money. And she heard about this thing where you get a hundred envelopes. You number each envelope one through a hundred. Every morning or evening, you pull one envelope. You pull number 26, then you put 26 bucks in. The next day you pull number 48, you put 48 bucks in. A hundred days goes by after you do that. How much money do you have? Am I know? JT, you're a math guy. A hundred factorial. I <laughs> yeah. Do it that five grand. <laughs> really? Five grand if you do that. So one to a hundred, put put that amount in the envelope every day. Wow. In a hundred days, you'll have saved five thousand bucks. Sounds like a Ponzi scheme. I think. I don't, I don't well, know. well, you started off. The yeah. <laughs> no, we, we're going to do it. Except I'm going to do it electronically. You know, I'm an electronics guy. Right. So I'm going to side savings account where I don't see it every day, and then I'm going to pull a ticket or something. I'll come up with something, and then. That morning, I'm going to Venmo myself that money and not look at it. So in 100 days, I'll be five grand richer. CJT, immediate. Go, 100 baby. days, my 100-day uh, challenge. I, I thought you were going straight pyramid when you said you take 100 envelopes. <laughs> <laughs> Number of one through 100. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> well, it, it, it's just part of the millionaire next door and what it, what it teaches you, and that's live beneath your means and start earlier saving money rather than later. Do you know how much money you would have? If you started saving for a newborn today and you saved $8 a month at 10% and the newborn today is probably going to retire at age 70, how much money would they have at 70? $8 a month. At 10% interest? 10% interest rate. You can put it in the market, average 11%, but they're going to only get 10. I I don't want to look stupid because I won't know. Yeah. 1.3. Yeah. I'm saying, say at least. Yeah. Just over a million bucks. Yeah. 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 Eight dollars a month. Unbelievable. Yeah. Start great. sooner rather than later. Start. Yeah. Be patient. Meet. Be patient. Meet. <laughs> it's a baseball term. Nobody's no, gonna I, get that. I get everybody. There's a lot of baseball. You're not the only baseball player in Slow County. Come yeah. on, JT. Gentlemen, awesome. Thank you. Great conversation today, and uh, appreciate everybody being here. Be safe. Thank you much, and we'll see everybody next time. Thank you for listening to the House Wazy podcast. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. It comes out every Monday, so check for it in your feed for the latest information on the San Luis Obispo County market. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and on HouseSwayze.com where you can find current listings and other real estate tips. HouseSwayze.com, that's H-A-L-S-W-E-A-S-E-Y.com. I am James Bueno, Director of Marketing for the House Swayze Group. If you're looking for anything real estate, give us a call, 805-781-3750. House Swayze is a licensed California real estate broker. DRE number 01111911. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze Podcast is a production of AGM Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.